Thank you, Pastor. Take that water of mine. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to uh, once again be in Tyler. You can be seated for a moment. Uh, to be back in Tyler uh, was who I think is one of, if not the most incredible pastor in UPCI. I, uh, when my wife and I planned this little journey, <clears throat> I said, I'm not going to call Brother Gandy, and uh, I'm just going to ease in. I'm just going to walk in Wednesday night, and just wait till he starts church, and I'm going to walk in, and uh, would you believe, <laughs> he called me, and uh, he, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine. And we was having a food drive at church, and I tell him all about that. And he said, well, I'm finished my house, and I'm going to be home next week. And before I thought, the Bible says you're ensnared by the word of your own mouth. <laughs> I said, maybe I can see you next week. Are you coming to Tyler? I said, well, I'm coming to Frankston out there. <laughs> he said, bring your Bible. I said, I always do. He said, bring a suit. You're preaching. I said, no, I'm coming to take notes. He said, no, it don't work that way. You're coming to preach. So, uh, but seriously, I love, I love Brother and Sister Gandy. Literally. And, and I know y'all videoing me, and I don't know if any preachers will see this or not, and if I offend you, I'm sorry. But I got a book for you. Perfect liberty have they which love the law, and nothing shall offend them. We have been to Colorado together. We've been to Branson together. I have never traveled with a couple that is as pleasant to travel with as Brother and Sister Gandy. They are just wonderful, amazing people. I was sitting at the table this evening, Sister Gandy and I was talking. Brother Gandy was uh, running errands and trying to do something for somebody else. I said, you know what I like about you and your husband? And she said, what? I'm sitting there and drinking a cup of coffee. And I, I said, you are always giving and doing for somebody else. Always. I meant they are. And they, they're just amazing people. And I, I told Sister Gandy this. I said, you know what I like about Brother Gandy? I said, he's got a balance. He's not way over here. He's not way over there. He's not over there tomorrow and over there the next day. He's always got a, I mean, he's, he's level. I love him. Love the Gandys. Amazing people. You are, you are truly blessed of God. I give honor to God tonight along with your pastor and his amazing wife. They're just amazing, incredible people. And I give honor to the children of God. There's one other person I want to give honor to, and I don't know who you are. But I'm, I'm here to serve notice on you. If you're here, somebody made a, uh, what kind of cake was that? Cheesecake. cheesecake. Yeah. Somebody made a cheesecake. And I have ate cheesecake before. But I'm 78 years old, and I ain't never had one that good as I eat today. And I want to know who fired that shot. Ah, you. So I want to serve notice on you that every time I come to Tyler, I want a cheesecake. I'm telling you, I, I have, a, have had... Brother Wayne Nealon used to love Pappas, and every time he went to Pappas, he ordered a slice of cheesecake, and I think it's about $7.95 a slice. And I've ate some of it. But I'm telling you what, you could have took that to Pappas and gave people a, a slice of that, they'd have thrown rocks at that other cake. <laughs> I'm telling you, there ain't nothing like it. it. It's just amazing. So thank you. God bless you. It, it just... And I had another piece right before church when I had a cup of coffee. 
And before I leave tonight, I'll probably have another piece. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing. It's good to see my wife's uh, aunt and uncle. My aunt and uncle tonight. Uncle Jim and Aunt Glenda. And I'm 78 and she's my aunt. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> I love her. She's got such a sweet spirit. Sister, she is Sister Cessna. You're, you're, you're one amazing lady. You are. I love you so much. And thank you for putting up with me. If you have your Bibles, I want to turn your attention to the Word of God tonight for a little while. Book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 down through verse 10. Then I'm going to drop down and read verse 16 and 18. Let's go to the word of the Lord. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Drop down, if you will, to verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Everybody say, I need a renewing day by day. You need that. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight and glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Pastor, would you pray? Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. In lieu of what America has went through in the last, uh, what, two and a half, three months now, uh, it has been uh, a very devastating thing. And uh, I uh, I just, my I ventured out a couple of three weeks ago and preached in Waxahachie. First time I'd been out since, uh, I don't know, I guess I was preaching in Cleveland there, but I guess that's the last time I'd ventured out. And as this pandemic or this virus or whatever you want to call it, I don't care how you label it, it's been bad. And a lot of people have suffered. A lot of God's children have suffered. And I've learned this in life. Things happen. I mean, no matter where you are, how old you are or how young you are, things happen to us. And it's, we call it life. Sometimes good things happen. Sometimes not so good things happen. And sometimes some just bad things happen. When we, as children of God, if we're not careful, when I was brought up, I was taught, and you, we heard this around the church back uh, many years ago, that, you know, you get in the church, and all your problems will be solved. It ain't true. That, that's, that's not true. They say, you know, you get in church, and, and you know, you're not going to be troubled. Uh, no, that's not right. I don't care how much a Holy Ghost you got. I don't care how much you talk in tongues. There you have an adversary, the Bible says, called the devil, and he's out to destroy you. It doesn't matter how. He doesn't, it doesn't matter by whom he may use. He's out to destroy you and me because he wants us to go to hell with him. And because we, we have these things in life, we sometimes get down. And then on the other side of that, We've all had our times of, of, uh, of joy. 
we've had our times of uh, fulfillment in life, if you will. I mean, we just have to even enjoy life for a while. But I don't care how much of God you got, things are going to happen to you. It's called life. You're going to get hurt. And I read in, in this book, didn't write it, but I did read it several times. A man or a woman with a wounded spirit is harder to win than a walled city. If the enemy ever gets you wounded, the first thing you do, you start building blocks, blocking yourself in. And first thing you know, it's kind of like them igloos they build in, in Alaska. You know, you just, you're just starting a circle. And you just start closing in at the top until you get it all closed in. Then you dig in and you're there. The enemy causes us, if we're not careful, to draw ourselves away from the very thing that brings us life, which is the church. I'm amazed at people when they get hurt. The first thing they want to do is leave the church. Now me and that little girl right there, we've been married, September will be 58 years. She was the love of my life 58 years ago, and 58 years later, she's still the love of my life. You know, that's just the way it is. We was going out for Bible study Monday night and was getting ready. And uh, so I, she's standing in her bathroom and I eased up beside her. I know none of y'all ever done this. And I put my arm around her. I just pulled her real close to me. I said, honey, I sure do love you. And I'm hairy right here. She reached and grabbed a handful of hair and jerked and said, I love you too. <laughs> she done it. And then laughed about it. <laughs> I said all that to say this. In 58 years, we've had our disagreements. We've had our misunderstandings. But I ain't fixing to get rid of her. I ain't fixing to walk out. I got in this thing to the bitter end or the better end. Don't matter. I got in the church to the bitter. It's going to be better on the end. I don't care how much bitterness I go through. That one day, it's all going to end. I'm going to wake up in glory. Hallelujah. Oh, you may not feel good today, but honey, you can't lose sight of where we're headed. We're headed on a journey. Praise God. I want to preach to you for a little while. I won't hold you long. Damaged in transit, but deliverable. Have you ever got a package that was damaged? And when you looked at it, you thought, oh, God. You was, you was almost gun-shy to start tearing into it because you just knew that the inside was destroyed. But after you ripped off all the tape and the, crack, the crunch uh, cardboard and you got down in there, lo and behold, what you ordered was undamaged. So it is in life. We get damaged along the way. But we're still deliverable. They stand going to knock you sideways, knock you down, and try to run over you. But the Bible says the righteous man falls seven times. Get back up. Say, devil, you knocked me down today, but tomorrow when you come back, I'll be looking at you again. You ain't got the best of me. I'll be right back tomorrow. And if you do it tomorrow, I'll be back the next day. And after a while, I'm going to run over you. Things happen, folks. So, I'll tell you when I got this. I dated it. I dug it out this morning. The seventh month, the 25th day of 05. And I thought I had what I thought God wanted me to preach. I had my notes and I had it. I had my, I got my tabs. They're still there. There they are. I got up at 5 o'clock uh, Tuesday morning. 
I got in my bedroom and I went to going over this. Okay, Lord. And I'm, I'm and I felt like, you know, I felt pretty sure. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm sorry. If y'all better offend y'all, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just honest. So I had it all set up. So I get up this morning. I laid down at 11 o'clock last night. I was going over the notes. I said, okay. And, and I, I had my tabs all where I was going to read, the scriptures I was going to read. Had four of them I was going to read. At 6 o'clock this morning, the Lord said, there's people that are damaged you need to talk to. So here I am. Just want to serve notes on you. The book, in the book of Job, the 14th chapter, verse 1, says this. Man that is born of woman is few days and full of trouble. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter the trials you go through. It's not worth turning your back on God. There ain't nothing worth going to hell over. You hear me now? There ain't nothing being, uh, worth being lost over. It, it, it doesn't matter. We have to get it. Sometimes, I, I, I don't know about you, I, I, I talk to me. I laid down the other night and, and I'm laying in the bed and I'm praying. And I had my back to my wife and I'm just talking. Right she rolled up and said, who are you talking to? She did. I said, I'm talking to God. I just, sometimes I'm standing there in that mirror, I'm shaving that face, and I look, I look myself eyeball to eyeball. I say, Holly, now I'm going to tell you something, buddy. I have to work on my flesh. You know, I'm sorry. Now, you may have yours crucified, but mine, I have to crucify mine every day. Every day. I get up every day. God, I don't know what's going to come my way today, but I need your protection. I need your guidance. I need your wisdom. I need your insight. I need all these things, God, to keep me in line. Holly, you're going to live for God today. You're going to obey God. Wherever God leads you, that's where you're going. You're not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You just do the best with this face you got, scrape all the whiskers off of it, and then you go out there and meet the public and look as good as you can. I know it's just saying, you know, there's some things you can't help. It's one thing that plagued me in this, this, this uh, virus, I couldn't get a haircut. My hair was curling up. And I got a little old thing, you, you get the hair out of your ears and your nose, and I took that thing and I'm doing this on the back of my neck. I did. Finally, We've been having Bible study every, one, every Monday night since the pandemic started. We ain't missed one Monday night, except last Monday night. I'm sorry, last Monday night, first of all, I was out of town. But anyhow, she said, well, I'll cut your hair if you don't care. I said, look, this stuff is driving me crazy. I can't stand that stuff. It just drives. She said, I said, cut it off. I said, I'm 78 years old. It ain't never quit growing. It don't matter how short you cut it, it'll be growing out again. Just get after it. So what the pandemic did do, it got me free haircuts. <laughs> so in everything, give thanks. So thank the Lord for that. But it doesn't matter how much of God or we have it on. Ever born again believer, where is not no born again believer, is exempt from trouble, from pain, from sickness. I'm telling you, I told uh, preachers last Sunday, Brother Ronnie Covers, we met at a place in, out of Cleveland, or Splendor, at a barbecue place, and we was talking. I said, man, how you doing? He said, well, I, I read this, and I'll, I'll pass it on to you. He said, I feel an old man that's talking to an old man, and they asked him, said, how you feel, man? He said, I feel like a gazelle. They said, Really? He's about 70-something years old. He said, yeah. I feel like a gazelle with arthritis. He got run over by a car eight days ago. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Covers, for that one. <laughs> I, I can go. We work, and I can do things, and I can exert myself at food drive Saturday. I mean, I, we work. We, we turned out. We handed out 1,500 boxes in an hour and a half at 18 pounds a box. When I got through, I hurt so bad I couldn't hardly stand up. 
That's just part of getting old. I told some young guys, brother young, brother Kevin Johnson, I said, man, there was a time, there was a day in my life I could work, I mean, I could do this all day long and never even stop and get a drink of water. I said, now then, I'm about to pass out. I have learned that where I am, a lot. You just get old. You know, I used to just bounce out of the bed. Now I crawl out of the bed, hope I don't fall before I get straight up. Because of a fall, very hard to get. It's very hard for me to get up. Just, just something. Life. Some of us. I don't see anybody here tonight. Some people have. Life has led them to where they have to get around with a cane have to walk with a cane and the way I'm stumbling and fall here lately it might not be a bad idea for me to have one but anyway my wife you know and when I fall it's just you know you just you just at the mercy of whoever whatever I was telling sister uh sister Gandhi one night was praying I was on the front row and young man was praying the ball power of God moving and and I'm standing there with him. I'm praying with him. Boy, we're in travail. And boy, I mean, he, he's praying. And I mean, he went down to his knees. And I went down to my knees. And he laid out on the floor. And I laid out on the floor. I'm laying there praying with I'm mean, all the way down. But the thing about it, when I got through praying, I couldn't get up. <laughs> down for the count. I kid you not. <laughs> and some of the brothers, uh, I said, I'm laying on the floor, flat on my stomach. Hey, would you please help me up? <laughs> Life gets tough sometimes. I know y'all, some of y'all don't understand that, but you will. You know, I, I was washing the car one day. You know how big around the water hose is? That's a big around. That's exact, I mean, that's, that's a good size water hose. Some of them ain't that big. I step out my little porch, my water bucket in my hand, and this water hose laying there on the ground, flat. No loops, just laying flat. And I tripped over it. <laughs> I had that five-gallon bucket in my hand, and I'm trying to, you know, I don't know why it is. We try to run, we think we can outrun that fall. No. <laughs> you going down, baby doll, you going down. And I had this bucket in my hand. I said, I'm going to break my arm by holding on this bucket. So I just slung that bucket, bucket just sprawled out in the yard. And I don't know why it is, but people, when they fall, the first thing they do, they look around and see if anybody's seen them. <laughs> why are we like that? Huh? Am I the only one that does that? I was laying, wasn't nobody on a hill but me and my wife. I had a with me and her. And I looked around to see if she knew, she, she saw me fall. So I get the bucket, crawl over to the bucket, get the bucket turned upside down, lean on the bucket and get up. <laughs> Some people have to have wheelchairs. And all these things may be because some men are crippled and women because they fought in wars for our freedom. And they got shot and whatever and, and or on a mine cave and, and all these things. So they have to walk on a cane or crutches or a wheelchair or have prosthetics or those things. They, they, but they get around the best they can. Some of us are just crippled up because of the hard roads of life that we went down. It's hard on this body. We just, it's, just, it's tough. So no matter where you're at tonight, it doesn't matter. You're on this journey. Don't ever lose sight of where you're going. It doesn't matter. Sure, we're all going to get hurt. And I really didn't know for sure until service started. And the Lord quickened someone to me. There's this uh, man wearing a T-shirt. He said, the older I get, the better I was. 
And I wrote under that. I never knew how good I was until I got as old as I am. <laughs> That's life, ladies and gentlemen. Pull up my, my scripture in Acts, if you will. Acts chapter 28. Let me show you something here. Acts 28, 1 through 6. And when they were escaped, then they knew the, that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people show us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. There came out a vapor of the, out of the heat and fastened on, on his hand. Now then, when they brought, these people saw this, they, going up to the next verse, the people of the island, they saw this. I detest the fact that when somebody's going through something, they say, must be the wrath of God. They must have done something wrong. Excuse me? I got a book in my library when bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people. I don't care how good you are. Pastor preaching, my pastor preaching last Sunday to our seniors, he said, you know, there's a, talk to all of those seniors on that front row, and he said, you know, young people, I want you all to know, you're serving a God that will help you. If you make a mistake, ask God to forgive you and go on. There's not anybody, I don't think there's a person in this building perfect. Some of them may think they're pretty close, but they ain't. We all like to think a little more of us, better of ourselves than what we really are. You call that pride if you want to. I don't know what you call it. But when, when, this, when this viper bit him, they said, yep, God's got you. I've been in church most all my life. And I've heard everything that you could hear. Some things you couldn't even dream up, I've heard. About this happened because they must have sin in their life. They must, something must be wrong in their life. Something like this. Listen, there's a thing called life, honey. I don't care who you are. There's a thing called life. And I, the thing that one of my pet peeves is when somebody gets sick and they say, well, you know, that must be the judgments of God on them. You don't know anything about the judgment of God. You go to Revelation, you'll find the judgments of God, honey. You, you talk about the judgments of God. You go over in Revelation where he's raining down hailstones weigh 125 pounds apiece. You, you read where a third of the animal, plant animal, and animals are going to die in one day, a third of the, on the world. You talk about the wrath of God, and that's the wrath of God. But we, we, I don't know why people are like they are. They see somebody going through something, and they say they want to back up. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Had someone tell me that one time. I said, you knew it? Yep. I said, really? You knew this was going to happen? Well, I kind of figured it would because of the way they're living. My mind went to the Scripture, brother. I said, the Bible says if you see a brother in fault, overtake in a fault, go to such a one and restore him. You're trying to destroy him, but the Bible says restore him. So I wonder where you are on God's scale. Uh-huh. I wonder where you are. Tell me how good you are now. Well, you know, I, 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 yeah, well, that's what I thought. Exactly what I thought. We get, we get hurt sometimes in church. There's some of you here tonight. I wasn't going to do this. I said I was not going to do this. I'm trying not to. She got me. <laughs> let, me let me say this. I read, heard a story about a, 
a wealthy man. He had a very expensive car, one of a kind. He took a long journey and, uh, a few states away from his home place. And, and he was at a uh, car show. So he called his, back in his home state, and he had a servant working uh, for him. And he tells the servant, he said, uh, look, told him where he was at. I said, I want you to get that car, one of a kind, very expensive, and I want you to bring it to me. I'm going to put it in this show. So the servant, he takes off in the car. I'm getting in the channel now. He takes off in the car. First day, he calls the master. He said, sir, I hate to inform you, but uh, I've stopped and got a bite to eat. Somebody backed in and bent the fender on this car. The master said, is it still drivable? He said, yeah. He said, come on, bring it on. The second day, he called the master said, sir, I hate to inform you this, but uh, I was involved in a pretty serious accident, and the car tore up pretty good. A lot of damage to the car. The master said, is it drivable? He said, yeah. He said, bring it on. Keep coming. The third day, sure enough, the man called his master and said, Sir, I hate to tell you this. There was a, hor a horrific accident, totaled out the car, totally destroyed it. It's not drivable. I can't drive it. The master said, How about the engine? He said, No, the engine is good. He said, Just send the engine on. I've got a new body for it. There's some of you that have been da damaged on your journey and your walk with God. You've been in pretty bad wrecks. Spiritually, I'm speaking now. You've suffered a lot of things at the hands of a lot of people. But the Master says, just keep coming. You're damaged, but just keep coming. Don't give up. Don't quit now. Just keep coming. Some of you had worse things happen to you. And, and the enemy comes at you and he, he bombards you on the side and said, Well, if God really loved you like, like you say he does and like you think he does, why would God allow this to happen to you? He would, if God loved you that much, it would never happen to you. And the enemy used this to try to get you to turn your heart against God. But don't let that happen. You just keep traveling. I don't care how many wrecks you've been through. I don't care how many times you've been hurt, honey. I don't care how damaged you are. You're, you're in transit to heaven. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, honey. You're going to wake up in heaven one day. It doesn't matter. On the inside of you is the spirit of the living God. And there's nothing that can destroy God's spirit. Nothing. All oh, this body gets crippled. We can't run. I can't run at 78 like I could at 16. I can't do nothing like that. But let me tell you something. Inside me, there's still a desire to go on with God. I may not can run. I may not can jump. But I'm going to stay on my journey. I ain't turning back. There's nothing to turn back to. Oh, yeah, honey. You're damaged, but you're worth delivering. I'm going to pray for you, sis. On who you are. You. You think nobody loves you. I know nothing about you. I don't want to know anything about you except one thing. I want to know this, that God's living on the inside of you, honey. And I don't care where you are right now. The God of heaven is going to lift you up and take you through this on the other side. You're going to come out on the other side of this. Yeah, I don't pray for you. Eternal Lamb of God right now, this is your child, one that you have redeemed with your own blood. 
I come against the forces of the enemy, all the wiles of the devil. You have no right. You take your hands off of God's property. In the name of Jesus right now, give a victory. Give a peace. Give a peace, God. The peace of God that passeth all understanding in Jesus' name. We all get hurt. I'm going to tell on myself the worst thing I've ever done in my life in my married life to my wife. It happened on our honeymoon. You got to understand I wasn't 20 years old didn't have enough sense to come in out of the rain. Well, that's true. Didn't. My wife gets up on our second morning on our honeymoon and fries me some eggs and bacon and toast. And I have asked her to forgive me probably a million times for what I've done. When she set them eggs down in front of me, I looked at them. I said, oh, my God, I ain't eating this. I got up, went and took them, threw them in the garbage can. I did. Worst thing I've ever done in my life. But I gained wisdom. I ain't never throwed them more away. <laughs> I said all that to say this. Sometimes this thing served you in your life that you don't want no part of. You say, I ain't taking a part of this. And the enemy said, you need to take and throw that away. That's no good. But let me tell you something. What God brings to you is going to be a blessing later on. Don't worry about right now. It don't look good right now. But honey, it ain't over yet. It ain't over. You're not going to your final destination yet. You're damaged and trusted. I'm trying to be nice. I am being nice. I hate, I literally hate what hell is doing to God's kids. I hate it with a passion. I hate anything the devil does. I hate anything he stands for. I'm against it. And if I can do anything to abort his plan, to destroy, to rob, to steal, to whatever, I'll do it. I, I'm there to do it. I made God a promise one time years ago. I sat up all night with a man. I held his head in my hand where he could breathe on, a, on one of them hospital trays years ago. And every time he'd cough, there was a hole in his side. He'd go, <clears throat> and water would spray out of the cavity of his body about that far. And he called me Buddy. And he said, Buddy, I'm, I'm hurting. And I, I sat up all night with him. On, that was on a Friday night. Saturday morning, we, we, after daylight, we come home. I came home. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, they called me. said, early he died. I went out in the woods. I won't never forget this. I walked around trees, and I wept, and I cried, Pastor. I said, oh, God. I, 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 I tried to do everything I could. I, I thought I'd done everything within me. I said, but God, I'm going to tell you one thing. It's just as sure as you're in heaven today. And just as sure as you have rule over everything in heaven and on earth. I will do everything I can the rest of my life to stop and abort any plan of the enemy. I'll try to defer, to, to defer his tactics. I'll try to expose him for what he is. Been damaged. But you're deliverable. Sometimes in life, what time is it? Sometimes in life, because of things that has happened, things maybe perhaps people have done to you, it's hard sometimes it's hard sometimes to think or try to imagine that you'll ever get out. Y'all pardon my expression, the hell we're living in sometimes. 
We just can't, our mind can't, the enemy will not let us wrap around our mind that, hey, one of these days, God's going to step on the scene. God's going to show up, and God's going to perform a miracle in my life. God's going to bring me out of this. And the enemy says, no, you're so far down. You'll never come out of this. But let me tell you something, sis. God in heaven is on your side, and he's fighting for you. Hallelujah to God. Things happen, and, and we, we get, you know, we, we, first thing, you know, we, this happens, that happens, and, and we, we, we get sidelined. Well, if that's where it's going to be, I just ain't going back. Could I ask you something? Are you not going back because of somebody or because of God? Someone talked to me about church here while back, about a church here while back. I said, let me tell you something, sis. I didn't get in church hunting the next exit. I didn't. I got in this thing, just run it straight on out. I told him, said, I said, I hope when I die, I'm doing something for God when I draw my last breath and I fall dead at the feet of whoever I'm help, trying to help. That's the way I want to go out of here. I want to do I want to do any and everything I can to do to to Push forward the, the working of God, the power of God, the, the honor of God to give him glory and honor. That's what I want to do all my life. Amen. Well, I, there's so much going on in our church. And she's talking about her church. And I said, look, are you disgruntled with people in your church or are you disgruntled with God? She said, the people. I said, then you're telling me that all you're going to church for is for the people. You're not going to church for God. You're going to church for the people. You're going for the wrong cause. I'm sorry. Listen. It doesn't matter. We had these home, these, I don't know if this church had them. We did. We had what they call, they started these little home groups, these, these whatever they are, and prayer groups at home. And they said, well, you know, we don't have many. Someone told me this. I said, well, the Bible says if you've got two or three. Y'all read that? It's in the book. It really is. If you've got two or three, who's going to be there? He's going to show up. I said, you're looking at numbers. You need to be looking at God. You need to forget about God and say, God, I'm just here. I don't care about nobody else. I didn't come because somebody else came. I come to talk to you. I come to hear from you, God. I'm listening to your voice. I want to know what you got for me. Damaged in transit. Some of you have been so damaged you wonder if you're liver. Get out of it. Because of things that have happened in your life. Could I declare to you tonight that God's bigger than any problem that you'll ever face or that you have ever faced or will ever face? He's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'm God, and I change not. I can remember where I read in the Bible where the, he, Israel was following him. And the very thing, uh, here a while back, the Lord, uh, a lady called me in another state. She had said, pray for him. said, they, they diagnosed me with colon cancer. And, and I, I, well, she didn't call me, but somebody, another pastor wife called me, and I, I'm praying. I started praying that evening. The next morning I get up and I'm praying in my office. It was about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't remember. I'm praying. And the Lord just opened up a vision to me. And I want to portray it to you tonight. I want to show you where you are tonight. And I, I said, this lady, her husband had died with cancer. The man that she married that's a pastor in Arkansas, his wife died with cancer. And she, she has colon cancer. And I, I said, I said, and I saw the next day, I felt like calling her. So I called her. I said, sis, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to tell you what God showed me. I said, when Israel, I said, God showed me this this morning about 4 o'clock somewhere in that time frame. I said, when Israel, that Red Sea divided on each side. Israel walked through, the scripture says, on dry land. Huh? I said, Israel walked 
through the very thing that destroyed Egypt when Egypt tried to follow him through it. Let me tell you something. I said, sis, let me tell you something. God showed me that and God showed me to the other end of the tunnel of your life. There's a light shining and you're headed for the light. Hallelujah. You're not headed for death. You're headed for life. And now could I tell you that lady is cancer free today? Oh, don't tell me God don't work. You come too late to tell this old boy that. You're just in a trial. You know, the emergency broadcast system years ago, and I don't know if they still do it or not, but years ago, uh, they used to send these sounds out over radio. And they just aggravate the far out of me. I mean, just such an annoying sound. And they get through, they say, this is a test of the national broadcasting system. I don't know if the seal does that or not. Probably do. I don't know. Could I tell you today that the trial you insist is just a test? <laughs> Hallelujah. You're not going to be destroyed. You're going to come out of it. Oh, no. Hell ain't strong enough to destroy you. The devil ain't strong enough to tear you down if you keep holding on to God. But, sis, you've got to be willing to hold on to it. Yeah, yeah, there is hope. Don't let the devil lie to you and say, I can't make it. There's no hope for me. Nobody cares. Oh, let me tell you about Jesus. He came over 2,000 years ago and hung on a cruel cross and died and gave his life blood that you could have life in that more abundantly. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Oh, you're damaged. But honey, you're still deliverable. You're going to make it. You just hold on to God. That old song we sang, Hold to God's unchanging hand. I can't sing. I wish I could. I can't play a radio without getting a lot of static on it. And by the time I find something good, I go through a dead spot and it goes off. You've got to learn to hold to that unchanging hand. He won't change. I read in the book, He'll never leave me or you or forsake you. I got to go back to you, sis. One more thing. And if nobody else here tonight, you're who I'm here for. You hear me? God's stopping everything for you right now. Church, will you help me pray right now? Father, touch my sister right now. Thank you, Jesus, for victory. Devil, you're alive. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You're damaged. Will I ever be good enough? Yeah. You will. By God's grace only. Well, damaged in transit, but you're still deliverable. He said, send that motor on. From that, I get this. The scripture says, and I, I refer this, to this a lot of times. When Jesus came off out of the grave, the Bible says, those that slept in the grave huh, arose. Many of the saints who were sleeping in the grave rose and visited many in the city. That's in your Bible. And over on in later on, he says, those who are dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which remain, 
that are ready to meet him shall be caught up together with him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. You know what? In heaven, there ain't going to be no walking cane. In heaven, there ain't going to be no wheelchair. In heaven, there's not going to be any weak hearts. In heaven, there's not going to be no limp. In heaven, there's not going to be no pain. In heaven, there's not going to be no sorrow. you got to got to remember where you're going, honey. Don't lose sight of what God's got in store for you. Don't give up now. Don't quit now. It's no time to turn back. It's time to master gas pedal to the floor and say, God, I'm on my way. I'm still coming. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care the damages and the hurt and the hits that I get. I'm still living for God no matter what. Damage and transient, but deliver one. I got to hurry. Let me, let me get through my last thing. I've got something I want to say to you. Don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop praying. I was praying one time, one morning. Pardon me, let me get a drink. And I said, God, this is where I was praying. I don't know about you, I've prayed a lot of stupid prayers in my life. I said, God, we need a revival of miracles. I want a revival of miracles. and I want to see miracles, God. And I'm, I'm really bombarding heaven. This, this is about 3 o'clock in the morning now. In one morning. I said, God, I, I really I want to see signs and wonders and miracles. I, we need miracles. We need a revival of miracles. And it's just like God spoke back to me from heaven. He said, you don't need a revival of miracles. You need a revival of prayer. Hallelujah. Because if you get a revival of prayer, the miracles will follow. We were praying, I was praying for the wrong thing. Let me tell you something. And I, and I come right across this. Satan has to break hold on prayer and close up our way to our prayer chamber before he can break our hold on God or close up our way to heaven. When he stopped your praying, he can close the doors to heaven in your face. You keep on calling. You keep on praying. Preach, I don't feel like it. Pray anyway. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. I, 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 I go to bed every night. I say, God, I don't know. I, you know, I wake up every day. I say, God, if I dreamed anything last night that wasn't right, forgive me. Hey, I, I'm serious about this going to heaven. I lay down every night. I, I lay over there and I'm laying over there talking to God. I say, God, in, in the course of today, did I, did I offend your spirit in any way? Did I grieve the Holy Spirit of God? God, you searched my heart. The Bible tells me that the heart, my heart is deceitfully wicked. No man can know it. But God, you ponder the thoughts in the intent of my heart. God, search me. Cleanse me, oh God, because you're coming back after people that have made themselves ready and I want to go to heaven. I may have been damaged. I may be bent. I may not I can walk straight. I may not can run, but God, I'm still making a progress. I'm still making progress. I'm still marching. I ain't going to ever give up. I'm not turning back. I'm going ahead. Because in all reality, there ain't nothing to go back to. Nothing. His disciples said that. He said, will you leave me too? They said, who are we going to go to? Where are we going to go? Hey, listen, what, what America needs in all of the trouble, this nation has never been as divided as it is right now. Religiously, economically, socially, in any manner you want to look at. I don't care how you slice the pie. We, America is a divided nation. And the Bible says... The nation that is divided shall not stand. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to pray for America. Honey, we need to, uh, America's in big trouble right now. And I'm not trying to get on no political thing, and I, I don't believe in that. But let me tell you something. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our leader because they, America's in trouble. Not only pray for your pastor, but honey, pray for America. You realize there's people that have lost their business, their life savings on, because of this, this thing? There's people suffering. And who knows? It remains to be seen the effect that this thing has caused at the economy of America in the last three months. 
it'd probably scare some of us half to death we knew what it was. That old song, the old ship of Zion. Let me tell you something about that old ship of Zion. It ain't gonna sink. It's gonna stand. And let me say this in closing. We have had, uh, I don't know, two, two and a half, three months of, of uh, video uh, preaching, and, and I've heard my share of it. I, I have watched more preachers in the last three months than I have in my 78 years of living. I mean, I go from one preacher, I go to another. And I, I always listen to Brother Gandy or who's preaching here. I always listen to Tyler Church. They're on my deal. I listen to them. And, and I, I go to this one. I go to that one. And I, I, I find myself listening to a lot of preachers. Just preaching the truth. Y'all get that? I don't have time to waste. Hello. And, uh, but the danger, Brother Woodard said something in one of his messages that really struck a chord with me. He said, I don't fear this, this uh, corona, this virus that America is sweeping the land. He said, what I fear is the after effect of this virus. And I have heard in these years, this, just this week, of people in assemblies, they said, well, you know, really, we don't really need to go to church. We can just stay home. I heard this. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about Pentecostal people. Holy Ghost filled, Jesus name baptized people. They're saying this. We just, we just stay home and, you know, we don't need, they said this. They said, we don't need to go to church anymore to have church. We can have church in our home. Let me tell you something. I've had Bible study every Monday night since this pandemic has given, with the exception of one Monday night. And that was, uh, what was that Monday night I was in Waxahachie. Uh, anyhow, that weekend, Labor Day weekend, last holiday. That's the only Monday night we hadn't had one. I'll have one next coming Monday night, and the next Monday night, and the Lord willing, I'll keep having them. But I'm going to tell you something. And I enjoy, and we get in there. There's one night we got in that thing. We got to, I mean, we got to praying. The Holy Ghost got to move. We had tongues and interpretation. It wasn't about 10 of them. But, honey, we go there to have a move of God. I don't go there just to just be, have some place to go. I can stay home. But what's, what's sweeping, creeping into us now, well, we got this thing, and we, we can watch it on the iPhone, and, and we, can, uh, we can watch it on TV. And I, and I, I don't know how to do it on this. Uh, uh, I'm not... I'm, a, I'm illiterate to these ignorant iPhones. <laughs> I'm dumb on a mud fence when it comes to these things. But, you know, and so they started putting them on, on the, the, this TV, so I got invited. Some of the church, they had this big, big TV screen. I'm talking about it, it's big. That big, almost big again is that one up there. And they can get it on their phone and run it somehow or another through that TV. I don't know how they do all that stuff. And they got the soundboard and the surround sound, and they got it all hooked up right. And we go over there, and, and we go over there, and it's nice. And, you know, and, you know, I, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm sorry. When I, when I hear something good, I don't jump up over here and shout when you're singing because you're singing. I jump up and shout because I'm worshiping God. Whether you worship God, it doesn't matter to me. I didn't come to please you. I come to worship God. First time, first time I went to that home, went to, you know that preacher, he got to going. So, man, me, praise the Lord. About give some of them a heart attack, I think. Woke them up or something, I don't know. My wife says I'm too loud anyway. <laughs> and I loved it. And I enjoyed listening to it. But there's nothing 
that will ever take the place in Douglas Holly's life is coming to assembly where the children of God are gathered together and they begin to play and sing and worship God and magnify him. I can feel the power of God. I will never get outside of that. That would always be important to me. There's something about the unity of it. But this thing, there's people out there in our ranks saying, we don't need church no more. We can sit home and you can do that all you want to. And pardon me, honey, if you're not careful, you're going to sit there and twiddle your thumb and merrily, merrily wake up one day in hell. The church is after and you didn't even know it was gone. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you know it or not, God's coming. He's coming back real quick. And if you're not ready, it would behoove you to make sure that there's nothing in your life that keeps you out of heaven. There's nothing in your life to drag you to the pit of hell. You need to repent of it. You need to ask God to forgive you because God's coming back after bride. Oh, you've been damaged, but you're still deliverable. Ah, oh, you're still old and you may be decrepit, but you're still deliverable. Oh, you may have a limp in your walk, but you're still deliverable. You may have health issues, but you're still deliverable. Don't give up. God's got a new body for you. He's got a new body for you. Hallelujah to God. Let's all stand.